All right, I'm here with my friend Robert. He Googled a list of questions that I haven't seen, so we're gonna go ahead and do a question and answer session. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. Free will, the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate, the ability to act at one's own discretion. Would you say that this is an illusion? Yeah, so great question. Uh, here, a key thing to understand, as simple as it is, it's absolutely pivotal. In order to deny something, it must exist in some way or another. So anything and everything that exists does in fact exist. So if we're going to say that free will does not exist, then that means that a concept such as free will does exist, but that in a given instance, we see something other than that concept. Therefore, any mechanism which we can clearly identify as being accountable for the formal cause of our actions is what we would call free will. All right. So free will definitely does exist. But this is not to say that a person or people can do anything, that any given person can do something outside of the rational structure, right? Outside of the means of reason, right? And outside of a causal mechanism. What would that even mean to say that freedom of the will must mean that we can do something without a cause or for no point or without reason or just because? Absolutely not. Freedom of the will is being able to do what we are able to do, what we have conceptual cause to do. That is freedom of the will, right? So again, so a person says, oh, but that means, you know, we always have to do something for a cause. We can't do something for no reason. In order to deny something, it has to exist. So if you're going to deny that that is free will, that to do something for a cause to do something which is uh, which you have reason to do is freedom of the will, then you have to offer an alternative answer for what freedom of the will is. And I have not heard of a sensible alternative answer, right? So we are perfectly free, simultaneous to only what is possible, what is conceptually logical being possible, all right? And then we have to figure out how to, how to uh, make sense of both of these apparent opposites. They're absolutely not opposites, but apparent opposites in our mind, all right? Next question. Okay, well, this is a big one. Is there a meaning to life? And if so, what is it? Uh, great question. So here we have to distinguish we have to define what life is, right? So the, the, uh, the key thing to understand here is that what we call life is not synonymous with existence. Existence is one thing and life is another thing. Existence is necessary. Any given of life instance of life is not necessary. We ask why and how in relation to things that become existent, right? For example, we have some art here on the walls, right? So this art became existent. It came into being and therefore we can ask, what is the meaning of this art, right? How, how was it done? For what reason? And so forth and so on. Existence itself is necessary. There's no conceivable alternative to it. So we cannot say that there's a point to existence. But life is not existence. Life is what we can call a manifestation, is an expression of existence. And therefore it can, and, and logic certainly indicates it certainly does have meaning relative to necessary existence relative to that which must be that which can be has existence and uh, i mean i'm sorry has meaning and reflects upon it right so we would definitely say that life has meaning next question please 
Okay, so if life has meaning, does fate exist? If so, do we have free will? So I believe that's similar to the first question that you asked. So again, this notion that we can do anything at any time for no reason is just an ambiguous concoction of who knows what, right? We do what we must do, right? We do what we have conceptual cause to do. Most people, they're born and they, they're like a snowball rolling down the hill. They do whatever comes next based on their emotions, right? I have to now do this because otherwise I'm going to feel bad. Now I have to do that because I'm going to feel bad, right? If a person really takes to getting to know themselves and studying, you know, serious thought and things like this and, and masters themselves, then they're able to have cause enough to direct their lives, at least apparently in a, in a way that their good sense, that their reason tells them is, is sensible, right? So that would then also be their fate. We can say, but fate is a word and we have to clarify an aspect of experience, which uh, which is indicated by that word. So for that, we would need you to do that in the questioner, right? But in this sense, we said what we said. All right, next question. Okay, so this question is in a different category. I was just wondering if you, you can define the line between art and not art. All right, so again, the basic understandings. Words are words, right? I can call my dog art and, and I can call my cat not art. And then I can distinguish one from another, right? So I'm not sure what the questioner, or what, where you're reading these questions from, what the person has in mind by art. I would say, having said that, c considering certain concepts that would seem appropriate here, I would say that art is anything which is done with a degree of skill and is done with a degree of excellence. So if a person who has absolutely no proclivity towards something and hasn't put in any practice towards something is able to do it, I would not call that art, whatever it is. Somebody may interpret it as art, but that would be then the weak interpretation of what art is. If something requires a high degree of skill and practice and time and patience and work ethic, Right and and very possibly you know some some to more degree of talent, we I think we could classify that as art. Right again, if excuse me, if we are to make such a distinction, if we are to tie in these concepts with those words, so people cannot be born with the skills of art. For example, young children who without practice able to paint very realistic pictures of other humans are not making art because they do not have, uh, they haven't put in a lot of practice and efforts. So what I said initially is that I would cl not classify something as art or at least only classified in the weak sense of art as something that someone can do without a proclivity, meaning a talent for something and without work ethic. Right. For example, I am an awful, you know, drawer. So if I draw something, I have no talent for it and I haven't put in any practice toward it. So if I draw it, 
you can call it you can call it anything you want you can call it pumpkin seeds you can call it an instant pot seven in one multi-use programmable pressure cooker you can call it anything you want right but if we considering the concepts that are at play here this is not a concept this doesn't bring to mind the concept of something skilled of something excellent of something difficult to do right so then i wouldn't personally called that art it can be interpreted as art by somebody right somebody has merits in other categories and then they draw some kind of the you know stick figure right for example if winston churchill or abraham lincoln drew a stick figure or something we would say wow what a work of art right but it would be in a different sense than the mona lisa and and things like that all right so you said art is a word and you could call your dog art my question is does a person's name influence the person they become is that from the list of questions, or yes, this is your is. question? This is from the list. Uh, so, <laughs> I think it certainly has the potential to do that, right? A label, if, you, if we label something, we are, uh, you know, we're creating incentive to bring a particular co- concept to our mind, right? But ultimately, if you call a rose, you know, bathroom, and, and a bathroom a rose, each is gonna be what it was before. Right. So I think uh, a name can can certainly uh, influence somebody, but certainly do I think that calling your child, you know, Julius Caesar is going to make them into Julius Caesar or calling them Plato will make them Plato or calling them king will make them a king? Obviously not. Right. So, but it, it can maybe it can maybe encourage somebody to look in a particular direction. Right, like Usain Bolt. Who knows if that if that influenced him? Okay, so is it possible to have a normal life and not ever tell a lie? Possible to have a normal life? These are, you're getting these questions from this list. These are all from the list. Normal life and not ever tell a lie depends how you define normal. All right, I would make a distinction between bending the truth so as to accrue some kind of material visceral benefit for ourselves for example we're hungry we walk into a store and we take a candy bar which is a form of lying theft is a form of lying and uh, when we say things that are not you know perfectly representative representative of what we take to be reality so as to save face for somebody or save our own face or save somebody's dignity um, and things like that right I think that that we have to have an objective in mind, which is the highest possible good for ourselves and others, and speak in light of that objective as opposed to putting the objective of honesty without any other thought above anything and everything else and just saying th- whatever's on our mind, right? Somebody says, does this look good on me or significant other? And we just say, no, it looks absolutely awful and make them cry, right? I don't think that's the correct interpretation of and the way to go about it, all right? What should be the goal of humanity? So we cannot ever ask anything to be anything else than what it can be, and we cannot ask anyone to be any anything else than it can be, right? So therefore, we say, what should be the the goal of cowmanity, of cows, right? And somebody says, wow, I think it should be so that cows eventually uh, learn how to speak uh, uh, English or French or Italian and become particle physics professors and philosophers and literature and and writers and inventors and things like this we would call this person nuts because that's not in the range of possibilities right the goal of calmanity 
is to be everything that cows can be. As long as cows are physically healthy and they're grazing, maybe the grass fed, if that's good for them, all these kinds of things, that's the goal of, of cows, right? So as it concerns the goal of humanity, it would stand to reason that it's whatever people are able to be, right? And in this, what people are able to be is light years and light years and light years ahead of what people now are. People have absolutely not the slightest clue. They don't even know how to think about thinking about thinking about what a human being can be with a tremendous degree of effort and a tremendous degree of inner progress. So that would be a good goal to have. Okay, so... This one, I am hoping you are willing to answer because I think it is a great question. Will religion ever become obsolete? I'm not going to discuss religion. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'll go to a different question on this. Is humanity headed in the right or wrong direction? Again, what is right or wrong, we, we, we can only evaluate that based on a further objective, right? If our objective is something in relation to which humanity is not, or, or something toward which humanity is not headed toward, then it's the wrong direction, and vice versa. I think ultimately to suggest that there's some kind of fundamental issue with how things are, which is quote-unquote not how it's supposed to be at this given moment, is a problematic statement, right? And as much as things do not happen randomly and they don't happen out of nowhere, it, there's conceptual necessity and things are as they, they need to be at this given moment, right? And uh, they will be as they must be in the next moment and so forth and so on. So in the absolute sense, yeah, I think everything is headed in the only direction possible, so therefore it's the right direction. As it appears, we would say, Maybe not, because there's the different kinds of problems, but that, that's what we're here for. While you have both, I was just wondering, do you find intelligence or wisdom more useful? Again, these are just words. I don't know how you mean to define them or how a given person uh, wishes to define them. We could define intelligence as raw cognitive firing power, being able to... Uh, it, but there's different kinds of intelligences, again, so it's really not so simple. Yeah, it's, it's really not. That would be a very long discussion. What would you genetically change about humans to make them a better species? Nothing. Next question. Do you find any waste of human potential? So, I think we can imagine that human potentials waste in a given instance by superimposing our own uh, concept of what fulfilled potential is, right? For example, we can see potential in another person and say, wow, that person would make an amazing writer, an amazing athlete, and so forth and so on. If only they worked hard, if only they... But the thing is that working hard and having motivation and having creativity and all these essential ingredients to success is, is a part of potential and it's a part of talent. And it makes little sense to to make a a separation here and a distinction between the two. So ultimately, we can encourage people to realize their potential. But at the end of the day, when all is said and done, they will have achieved whatever they were able to achieve. No holds barred, all things considered. So I, I would say that. Do you believe that animals can have morals? So again, depends how we define 
morals, right? Inasmuch as morals are contingent on higher conceptual thought that only homo sapien animals are capable of, uh, of having, they absolutely cannot have morals. Inasmuch as even the highest morals that, that humans are able to have have foundations in simple animal instincts and inclinations and understandings, the, 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 you know, a- animals can have rudimentary forms of whatever that would be. Right? For example, maybe animals have the concept that uh, if, uh, if, if this animal got this prey, that's their prey and they're asking for trouble if they're, if they're grabbing it from them and things like this. But they certainly cannot have human morals and humans cannot have human morals if they remain in their animal state, which is the initial state that they are, that we are when we are born in, in the state that we remain in if we don't work on ourselves and think about things in a deep way. The word evil is... Like you have been saying, a word. What do you think is necessary in the definition of evil? It's a great distinction. They're saying that it is a word, right? So again, we have to remember that to deny the existence of anything, it must exist. So we cannot deny anything without say, stating that it exists. So that in mind, as it concerns evil, the way that I, I think it's appropriate to define evil is an extremely high degree of distortion about how reality works. For example, let's say that somebody is, uh, um, you know, a, a Java programmer or a C++ programmer. In the, relatively speaking, as it concerns the context of programming uh, a computer, if somebody has everything upside down and, and can't, doesn't know the first thing uh, about it, that would be quote unquote, that would be what we would call evil in this context, obviously, not in a bigger way, right? If somebody, in the context of chess, if somebody thinks, you know, that, that uh, a king moves uh, uh, like, uh, like some of the other figures, right? and everything is upside down in their head, then that would be evil in the context of chess. So life, attaining the highest possible ends in life is contingent on our knowledge of how life works, how we work, on our understandings of the intellect, right? So these are, if these understandings are completely screwed up, if everything is on its head, topsy-turvy, if it's a salad, we're going to act in that context. We're going to try to achieve something in that context but it's going to be so bizarre, it's going to be so ridiculous that that could be called by this word, evil. Okay. Is there any other questions you were hoping to answer? I mean, you're the one asking. So see if there's anything else on the list that comes to mind. How much effort do you think should be put in by an individual in not offending others? Yeah, that's a good question. That's your question or that's from that list? That's my question. That's an excellent question. Um, so, uh, it depends how we define offending. If we define offending as saying something or doing something that causes or well, it doesn't cause, that leads to a person shutting down emotionally, intellectually, to the point where they do not care what you have to say and they may even be antag- what is it? antagonistic, antagonistic, right toward what you have to say then there's no point in saying anything offensive why would you say that right in order so that people don't listen to you and and obviously <laughs> the reason that people say what we call uh, offensive things and do offensive things is not because they've thought through things to the high, their their highest benefit the person's highest benefit it's a strong emotional compulsion right for example 
you know, we feel like oh, I'm going to say this to somebody and I'm going to get them and they're going to have nothing to say, right? I'm going to shock them, right? Or it's leading to our own emotional fulfillment. So this is just, uh, you know, this is just amateur hour. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. If we want to help somebody, if we want to elevate somebody, if we want to bring sense into their lives, we're going to be very careful with how we speak. Having said that, in order to comprehend, uh, you know, anything he- truly helpful, right? We can say, you know, uh, stuff like cheap stuff all day long, right? Oh, it's just, we just all need to be happy and get along, right? We can say that or we can say, we can speak, you know, sputter nonsense and words all day long. But in order to really understand anything to where it's actually to our benefit, we do need to discuss and digest difficult things. Difficult only because currently we have different conceptions, right? So the trick is figuring out how to convey these kinds of concepts in a way that doesn't cause anybody to shut down and be unable to digest them, all right? So I, I think we should be very careful with not saying offensive things while continuing to try to, if we do have the correct ideas in mind, which unfortunately most of us don't, argue, we, we could argue, right? While continuing to try to spread and share clear, accurate ideas about how reality works. Wow, thank you for answering that question um and i think that that's all the time we have all right thank you very much and thank you for listening